You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, we love to attach winners and losers to drafts. Also, the schedule coming out. Who's the big winner? Who's the big loser? I think winners, Brady and Breeze, that rivalry, a new rivalry there. You get the opening game uh, for both of those and then a rematch on Sunday Night Football in Week 9. It's a lot of fun. That's one of those that you don't realize it now, but you'll look back years from now and say, I was fortunate that I was able to watch or able to cover something like that. These guys have thrown for over 1,000 touchdowns in their career. They both have 70,000 or more passing yards. Will we see this? Maybe, but we're, we're going to be able to see this now. So take advantage of that. Brady, that impact with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you got five primetime games. That's the most you can have. And, you know, the Patriots got five primetime games, and I'm really surprised with that. I can read about what the Patriots are going to be like, or there's problems with Jared Stinn. I don't have to watch the Patriots because I don't find them entertaining at all other than what the end result is going to be with this team. If Jared Stidham's a star, great. If he bombs, you're going to see the networks flexing out of their Patriot games. Mike McCarthy with the Cowboys. America's team's opponents have a combined 459 winning percentage based on last year's records. Easiest schedule in the NFC. You got some games in primetime. You got a matchup with uh, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, which is great. The AFC North is a whole lot of fun. You got the Ravens. Ravens got an easy schedule. Maybe the easiest schedule in the AFC. Pittsburgh got an easy schedule. Browns and the Bengals also in there. You know, once they get outside of the division, they have a little bit easier schedule than you thought. Inside, Ravens are a sure thing. Are the Steelers? Do the Browns take that next step? And will the Bengals be dangerous? Um Let's see, what else was I looking at? You know, the Jaguars got an easy schedule. I don't know if it matters. Like, if you're a Jaguar fan, you're like, oh, we got an easy schedule. That's where, <laughs> you, know, you want the opposite. If you're Jacksonville, you want a hard schedule. You don't want to make this, you know, you don't want to make it harder than what it is to tank to get Trevor. Uh, the Raiders play their first game in Las Vegas in week two. And I was wondering if they were going to try to squeeze them in so they could unveil the Raiders. And that's when the Saints come to town. I, I think it's great. You know, the Raiders have uh, some primetime games. I think the Raiders are in primetime four times. I don't know if they're good enough to be in primetime, but I think Vegas and Gruden, that combination, and you bring in rugs in there, maybe got some excitement there with the silver and black. Um Let's see what it plus they play six one o'clock games this year. Six games on the East Coast. Since 2003, the Raiders are they win about 30 percent of the time with a one o'clock Eastern window. Now, I know there have been, you know, different coaches, different players, different quarterbacks, et cetera. But there is a pattern here. The Raiders coming from the West Coast to East Coast and they they hooked them up with six one o'clock games this year. Is there going to be MVP fatigue? Will we have something here with Lamar Jackson? Does he take a step back? Is he good enough to take a step forward? Got another running back in J.K. Dobbins. You know, another weapon in there. Um, AFC East, how interesting is that going to be? 
People at Buffalo winning 12 games. I know you look at, I think the Jets might be a little better. Dolphins might be a little bit better. The Patriots maybe not as good. But AFC East is not exciting at all. Bill O'Brien feels like he's on the clock. Even though he gets to the playoffs, this is, hey, you got to get, how about we win a game in the playoffs? Yeah, that's our goal this year is to win one. Uh, the contingency plans, they weren't front and center, but uh, after the fact of what I told you yesterday, my source said the commissioner is telling everybody there's no hypotheticals tonight. With the draft, NFL Network and ESPN, they were not talking hypotheticals. Now, Adam Schefter did because that's his job. What is the hypothetical if we don't start on time? We can move the Super Bowl back. All the things that I told you earlier in the show, but... That's sort of it in a nutshell with last night with what we had. Welcome to the program. Final hour in this uh, Meat Friday. Steaks on the grill. Man, I have so many steaks here. I just don't have enough Danettes to eat all the steak. I got five steaks here, but uh, Paulie and myself. I'm not sure what to do. Yeah, Paulie. I've been fasting for almost three hours, <laughs> so I'm, I'm ready. We go out during the commercial breaks, and we started a fire because it feels like the fall. You know, it's a little, little nip in the air, and then you just walk over to the Traeger Grill and you open it up, and it's that's Christmas. I got a flask in the car. You do? I, I always keep one ready. I can bust it out later. What do you have in your flask? Because I've seen said flask when we went to Notre Dame, USC. Sure. Yeah. You had the flask on the sidelines. Yeah, you never know when you're going to be without a beverage, and you keep a flask. Flask is mandatory. I used to keep some type of uh, friendly whiskey in the flask that works for just about everyone. You pass it around, you know, freshen up a drink with it. It's good to have. Well, I didn't know because remember we were going to be on the sidelines for Notre Dame USC. And I said, you know, I don't want to stand out. So what do I do? I couldn't find a winter coat and I got that big red <laughs> Olympics coat and you can pick me out on the sidelines. And uh, somebody said, Hey, uh, text me. Hey, are you, uh, are you dr drinking out of a flask? And I went, Oh my God. And it was your damn flask on those sidelines, and I got that big red jacket on. It's tough to bring beers into games, especially when you're on the sidelines. And, you know, a flask, it slides in the back pocket. It's, it's kind of a traditional old school. No one's got to take it away from you. Oh, McLovin, you can't do this to me in the final hour, but you're <laughs> going to do this to me in the final hour, aren't you? Yeah, we have a new hard-hitting no. hour three poll. Which saying are we going to run with? Tanking for Trevor, Ellis for Lawrence, Abhorrence for Lawrence, and don't endeavor for Trevor. <laughs> Paulie's got one more. You know, remember the movie, uh, remember the Titans, mm -hmm. Ronnie Sunshine Bass. Some people are throwing out suck for sunshine, which is not bad. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but that might win just because <laughs> suck for sunshine. Yeah. I, I guess that's the poll question. Yes, Seton O'Connor. I just, I just got to um, keep the under nine to get sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> or skip the combine for sunshine. <laughs> wow. uh, Todd's scoreboard <laughs> challenge. Uh, oh, good. Um, That'll save us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of something crappier than the Trevor Lawrence nicknames. You guys are starting to lose uh, faith and uh, interest in the old scoreboard. Starting to lose not, faith? Not, not starting to. We never had faith in it. All the right. Let's see how this one are, This person once shopped at my grocery store. 32 and 59 are the numbers, and uh, let's see. The clue is, has a nice ring to it, and the other is tip of the iceberg. Yes. I'm tired from this week. I, are you really? I am. I'm, I am tired. 
Should I give you another clue? Would that speed things up a little bit? Can anybody get it without looking it up? How about I, the way I read it might help with the clue. Oh, no. I, has a nice ring to it is the first one. And tip of the iceberg is the second one. Ronnie Lott had his fingertip cut off, but he was not number 59. But he was born in 1959, <laughs> so you got that right. Ronnie Lott was born in 1959. <laughs> I was kidding. I was kidding. Right. That 59 is 1959 born Ronnie Lott. Birthday today. Who would ever get tip of the iceberg? I know, but Paulie was unintentionally. He wasn't trying to get it. He was trying to tip O'Neill. I said I was going to do tip (laughs) O'Neill. Tip O'Neill. What would that have to do with sports? I don't know. He got it. Tip so has a nice ring to it. Right. That could be a championship ring, or it could be a place or a venue where you know a sport that has one. Hmm. And it's thirty-two. 32. Was it Super- Ladies and gentlemen. Was it Super Bowl 32? And some- I'm giving you a hint here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. 35 victories, three defeats, 31 by yes, way McLevin. of knockout. Yes, McLevin. In 1932, Jack Dempsey beat Gene Tunney in eight rounds. Is that true? No, but who cares? <laughs> it's another it birthday. You. Put me out of my misery. Sonny Liston was born in 1932. God, I hate this. I I hate it. Really? I do. I have a fun time putting them together, but it sounds like you're did you Did you have a winner? We did. Oh, okay. You know, it's the, the, the best part of these segments, actually, though. We have a bunch of losers, I know. Everybody hates them, but you made Todd do them. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it was a huge controversy that Todd wouldn't, but, wasn't yeah, doing the That's a very good point. Okay. I got an attitude <laughs> about how I wasn't doing it's, the It's a car crash. People, do it and no one likes it. <laughs> that's a very excellent point. You Todd. Made. Thank you. I just said, hey, you might put a little effort into it. And and that yeah, I did. I'll, I'll let I'll let Paulie. This would be a great opportunity for Paulie to uh, explain how things went behind closed doors. You know, it actually wasn't behind closed doors. There was a lot of little comments about, hey, it's, it's I've only been saying that for like eight years. You might want to, you know, do that live on there or something with the scoreboard. And now I'm doing that and putting more thought into clues and everything. And well, no, no, you, like it has to be somewhere between, hey, that's kind of fun, and I might know that off the top of my head. To this is, you know, CSI. I felt better yesterday when we were talking about husky and porky and beefy and no shoulders and all that good stuff. That, maybe we go. I like that better than getting beat up about the scoreboard. Well, no, I just want it to be where it's fair. And and I think that's extremely fair. Okay. Because people are going to Google jersey numbers and born on this day, and okay. it, actually, right. it should take. Okay. It should be very quick to figure some of this stuff out. Yes, Paul. I, I should probably apologize to you guys and America, not in that order, because for eight or nine years. Todd would do the scoreboard with those same things, a little cutesy trick. And I would say, why don't you do that for the air since this is a TV radio show? And every day he would ignore that. And then about six mm. months ago, Dan, you said, I know. Todd, why don't you do this for the air? And, and it clicked. And uh, and now he does it every day. So like Seton said, I'm not sure which was the better state. Of yeah, affairs. but do I get blamed for his mock headlines? You should. <laughs> do, I get na- <laughs> do I get blamed for the sports-themed names for Mother's Day or Easter or Christmas? Still having a tough time with those Mother's Day sports names, i got to be honest. I have been thinking about that. Chris in Ohio is uh, the winner Rose. of Todd's scoreboard. <laughs> yes, then Pete Rose. That's the, my favorite part of it, though, is the delivery. <laughs> Larry Flowers. What do you mean you don't know Trey what you're talking Flowers. about? Flowers. Yeah. Chocolate Thunder. What? And then Todd always slows it down to make it 
Like, oh, if you didn't slow it down, I wouldn't get that mock. That's my Walmart thing that I brought to the to the headline to the sports names. Ted childbirth. (laughs) (laughs) David Shaw from Stanford is going to join us. He'll class this place up. We'll talk to him about uh, what are the contingency plans for uh, football. And as I've been telling you, Pac-12 is in trouble just with the schools in California. uh, You know, proximity of the schools in the Pac-12. You know. Now, if everything goes off smoothly, then all right, you'll be playing football, but not in front of fans. But we'll talk to David Shaw about that. Uh, the NCAA is all over Kansas basketball. How long has this been going on with Bill Self and one of his assistant coaches or whatever it is? I don't know if the NCAA, like, wake me when it's over. You know? Certainly sounds like Kansas was paying players. They were... Um, They benefited from a relationship with the shoe company. They're not the only school, but it feels like they've been on the clock. This is Kansas basketball. You know, this isn't some smaller, you know, subdivision of the ACC. I mean, this Kansas basketball. Do I think it happened? Yeah, certainly sounds like it. But wake me up when it's over because it doesn't seem like Kansas is too worried about it or Bill Self's too worried about it. And I thought this was going to take down college basketball. Wasn't that last year we were taking down college basketball? Anything happen at the University of Arizona? No. Anything happen at Kansas? No. Yeah, Paul. How funny is it that the NCAA gets their act together to uh, ding Kansas for maybe paying players two weeks after it announces they're probably going to allow players to get paid in college sports? It just doesn't make sense. Why, you know, People aren't going to be that upset about Kansas because they're going to get dinged for something that's about to be legalized. Yeah, but you got large sums of money. Sure, I know. I'm I'm being a little facetious This isn't minimum wage here. This is $100,000. With Louisville paid a player $100,000, through a shoe company, $100,000. Now, if you're going to allow him to have a shoe deal, that's that's what I want to know. Because somebody's going to find the loopholes here. But Louisville... Paying $100,000, you know, you want to ding them, go ahead. Kansas, you brought in some recruits uh, through a shoe company. This is how you keep the boosters out of it. This is how you keep coaches out of it. You have an assistant coach, you have a runner, you have somebody who has a relationship with the kid, with the family, and then the shoe company says, we want to get in bed with this kid, or you're one of our schools. Adidas has their schools, Nike has their schools. It's really simple. Now, to try, it's simple to know, you know, how this works, to find out, you know, the perpetrators here, that's different. Are you going to go after them? Do you have the manpower to go after them? But it, this didn't bring down college basketball. And people thought this is, well, this is going to implicate some of the biggest names in the programs or in, in college basketball. I went, all right, let me see when it happens. It feels like the only time the NCAA rules on something is when Yahoo Sports does something, all the investigative work, and then hands it to them, or Sports Illustrated, or some of these other entities that are doing great journalistic work. Other than that, it's not like you got, hey, I'm going to work. The NCAA is investigating. The NCAA only investigates when somebody else has done all the work, and then it sounds like, oh, NCAA is coming in for a victory lap here. Uh, Let me get to James in Virginia. James, what do you have for me? Uh, good morning, brother. Thanks for taking my call. Happy Friday. Hail to the Redskins. 
Now, before I, 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 I give you this gold, man, I want to take this time to say happy Mother's Day to my mother, Rachel Edwards, man. She's 73 years old, has spent over 40 years in the uh, medical uh, field. And I just want to tell her happy Mother's Day, and I love you very much. And I will come and cut the grass before Mother's Day this weekend. Um, so let me drop, thank you for letting me do that, too. And I'll drop this gold for you, man. I'll have to throw my name in the hat. I heard all the suggestions, and I think I might have the greatest one. And I'm going to say, Leaping for Lawrence. And then I'll also finish with this, Falling for Fields. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Make sure you call your moms, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, James. Great to talk to you. Hail to the Redskins. <laughs> it's almost over you know james should have just reached out maybe got his mom some flowers or something instead of using my show to be able to say everybody's gonna come if you want to call in and wish your mom after i interview david shaw if you'd like to come on and it's cost effective if you can't do 1-800 flowers and you'd like to come on and wish your mom a happy mother's day then i'll, I'll give you that opportunity it's the least i can do because you know, with the the pandemic, may not be able to go and see mom. Yeah, Pauling? This is a tricky Mother's Day. I ordered a pretty good gift, and it's not going to make it, I don't think. The old didn't make it. I know. Well, I had the proof that I ordered it, but I don't know if I, that's a good gift to give proof someone. Proof of purchase? Yeah, I don't want to give a card with a proof of purchase. Uh, 18 after the hour, we'll check in with the Stanford head football coach, David Shaw. He'll join us next. And your phone calls as well. 877-3DP-SHOW. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Head coach of the Stanford Cardinal. He's been the coach of the year in the Pac-12 four times. David Shaw joining us from his home. Even though you've got a campus shot over your shoulder, coach, I'm assuming that your home is not close to campus where that's the actual picture out your window. Yeah, of course, because no one can actually afford to live anywhere near Stanford <laughs> University. So, uh, yeah, I, I've become really good at this whole Zoom thing and, and backgrounds, uh, having some fun with those. How often are you using Zoom with your uh, players? Uh, as for me personally, periodically, my staff a lot. Um, what, what I decided to do is not have a lot of team meetings. Um, this whole thing has been traumatic to everybody, and so I wanted – the position coaches to spend most of the time with the guys. I don't want to use up a lot of their time, but I want it to be very individual, very intimate. Um, that's mainly what we're all missing is those, those personal connections. So I wanted to, to meet in as small groups as possible so those guys still have that sense of community. I asked this question to Kirk Ferentz at Iowa yesterday. I'll ask it to you. And who's going to decide when you come back to play football? Is it up to the governor? Is it up to the president? Is it up to you? Is it up to the Pac-12 commissioner? Who would make the decision for Stanford to come back and play football? Uh, for me, it's a, it's a cascading uh, deal of events um, to where state and local governments are going to have a big say on which areas can open and, and when. Um, our president and provost at Stanford uh, are going to have their process in place, which has been a lot of meetings about how to reintegrate people on the campus, whether it's a closed campus and stay online or partially open and partially closed and bring some student backs with social, um, social distancing. Um, so a lot of those things have to happen. And then when it comes to actually playing, um, Dr. Hainline uh, at the NCAA, a lot of the, every conference has its own 
medical um, medical group uh, consortium, if you will, talking about the process of not just playing a game, but reintegrating a team back together. And the testing is at the forefront and isolation and all those things that need to have happen as we hopefully continue to push for a vaccine. So there has to be processes in place to get people back together, but at the same time processes to make sure if someone does con contract the virus, they can quickly be, be uh, found and isolated um, to keep it from becoming uh, a team-wide situation. Do you allow yourself to have contingency plans, hypotheticals? And the reason why I say this, the NFL commissioner said to all the teams, no hypotheticals. Don't talk about hypotheticals. We're going to be playing football in the fall, and that's why the schedule is going to go off as, you know, as scheduled here. But it's about planning. Yeah, I, I think there the NFL and, and college football are in similar situations, but not the exact same situations. They've got a collective bargaining agreement. They've got all kinds of stuff. Um, they've got owner, team owners, et cetera. We've got college kids. So I think for us, we need to talk about all the possibilities, all the eventualities, and not to mention, we've, we're not on the same page all the time as far as all the conferences are concerned, let alone the different levels of Division One, Two, Three. Um, so we have to talk a lot about contingency plans what happens if this happens? What happens if this happens? Um, for there to be transparency with our own players, to for us we have transparency for scheduling. Um, what happens if one campus shuts down and the other one's not shut down? And can we still play a football game? So there are a lot of things that we have to talk about so that when the fall does come, we are able to play football and we can deal with all the things that can come up. Yeah, and uh, we had talked to the SEC commissioner and I said, can you see where maybe not all schools are going to be playing football in the fall? But the SEC continues to play, let's say, 12 schools want to play football. Their states allow them to play football. What if Vanderbilt decides it's not going to play? Or Northwestern in the Big Ten or Baylor in the Big, you know, Big 12? Like It feels like you might have conferences that are going to play football without all their teams. Can you see that happening? What I can see happening, because everyone that I've talked to, and I'm on multiple committees, conference committees, NCAA committees, everyone I've talked to has said that everyone wants to play football. It's just whether or not it's going to be possible. So that's what a lot of the commissioners are going to have to deal with. And I mentioned earlier, um, scheduling is going to be is going to be fascinating. Um, it all depends if, if a lot of states stay closed and we get towards training camp, um, then we have to adjust the schedule so as many teams as possible can play, and then we have to play each other. Um, so I, I do believe everyone has the intention of playing. Um, I, I really hope and, and pray over the next couple of months or so that we have more available rapid uh, diagnostic testing, which is huge to find out very shortly if someone does have a virus, we can isolate them and keep it from becoming spreading amongst the, an entire team. Um, so I think that's, that's everyone's intention is to play some form and then the biggest issue, which has come up from Bob Bowlesby at the Big 12, from many people at NCAA, we have to have those contingency plans to say, let's say something happens during the season and either one team or multiple teams or all of college football is interrupted. And we have to have a contingency plan for that as well. He's David Shaw, Stanford head football coach, joining us, Dan Patrick Show. Uh, tell me if this is true or not. The first time you saw Christian McCaffrey in high school was not on a football field. It was on a basketball court. Uh, the first time I actually saw him was on campus at Stanford. Um, we were recruiting his older brother, Max, and Ed, uh, Ed McCaffrey brought his, his boys by and um, met Max and it was a great conversation with Max. And 
he brought they brought their younger brother and i got this steely-eyed uh, stare and this very firm handshake from this young kid as one of those deals where i'll never forget i looked at him i shook his hand and i started to look back at ed and the handshake was so firm i looked back at him and kind of like tilted my head like oh wow okay you're you're like this now um i just that's always stuck out to me i didn't know if he was going to be a good player or not um and then as soon as i saw the film from him i think first film we saw was a little bit of his sophomore year i said you've got to be kidding me like this this is kids a sophomore but he's making people look silly and then his junior film was off the charts and then the senior film of course so every year the kid has played football he's been great and the next year he's been better there was no thought like he was playing running back if he was coming there he's playing running back right we we said he was playing football because when he <laughs> when he played defensive back he was the best defensive back on the field he was a punt returner oh, wow. i still say he's probably the best gunner we've ever had and i watched him do it in one practice and i said there's nobody in america that can stop this guy as a gunner but we can't play him a gunner he's got to have the ball in his hands you look at the running back position position now david i don't know if it affects how you recruit you know college is different than the pros but how we're utilizing running backs are they're not as valuable now you know, you don't want to waste a top 10 pick, it feels like, on running backs. But how do, what do you look for in a running back, and, and how is it different in college than the pros? So that's a great question, and I don't think it's that different um, as far as most of the teams go. I agree. You can't waste a top 10 pick on a pure running back. But if that guy gives you versatility, um, if that gives you what Christian McCaffrey can give you, um, that be able to catch the ball out of the backfield, be able to run the ball between the tackles and outside and be a return man, a guy that can play in a lot of snaps and do a lot of different things for you. That guy is now extremely valuable um, because now he's one of your, he's your best running back. He's also one of your best receivers. He's a return man. Um, I think what Saquon Barkley gives, gives uh, the Giants um, that, that big playability where it doesn't have to be, it can be anything. You can t- toss, sweep, an inside run, an outside run. Anything can score and catch the ball in the backfield. So those, the versatility to me is the biggest change in the last, I don't know how many years now. You're looking for that versatile guy. He's extremely dynamic. But if you've got a group of good running backs, yeah, now you've just got a good group of running backs. You still win with those guys. But if you've got a difference maker, then that's worth going to get that guy. How often did recruits think that you were NC State as opposed to Stanford? Like before you guys, didn't you put the tree into the logo just because they thought you were NC State or Syracuse? Or Is that true? Absolutely. I'm not even going to deny it. Um, <laughs> when when I, we got here with Coach Harbaugh in 2007, I'll never forget it. I was I was the East Coast guy. I, was, I came out of nine years in the NFL. I had never really been on a recruiting uh, trip. So I, you know, got the logo on and going to places and, and I walk in and guy says, Hey, NC State's here. And I look like, no, this is Stanford. Um, and I'm in, I'm in New Jersey and I'm like, Hey, is that Syracuse? I said, no, it's, so I started wearing the, the, the full Stanford across my chest because the logo wasn't doing it. So thank, thankful to Nike, thankful to Bob Bullsby at the time uh, to really differentiate our logo so that we could actually be recognized. But as we all know, the biggest reason why we started getting recognized, we started winning. Of course, of course. Well, I have uh, two kids who went to USC. We were in South Carolina visiting. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> they couldn't get into Stanford, David. Yeah, they couldn't get in there. I would have sent them there. But they were in South Carolina uh, with a Hootie and the Blowfish concert, and they had uh, their uh, SC stuff on, and people said, oh, 
you went to South Carolina and the looks on their face and my kids were like, <laughs> South Carolina? No, we went to you, the USC. So they faced it as well. Absolutely. Good absolutely. Stuff. Hey, hey, it's great to talk to you. Hopefully we get some football there. And uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Hey, always great to see you, Dan. That's David Shaw. He's the head coach at uh, Stanford. Um, four and eight last year, but uh, three-time Pac-12 champ and uh, four-time Pac-12 coach of the year. You know, you have Zach Ertz that's gone through there. Andrew Luck went through. Christian McCaffrey through there. So, And you know what I love about Stanford is they use the academic you know, requirements as that, that's a recruiting tool. Like, hey, it is tough to get in here. You know, it, that's, but McLovin, you didn't get into Stanford, right? <laughs> Actually, I never applied. It was too far from home. Could you have gotten into Stanford? No way. Okay. I didn't get I mean, I think Stanford's right there with Harvard, as far as I, I understand it. It's like pretty much a hard, Harvard, Yale, and Stanford, and I didn't get into Harvard. So I probably couldn't have gotten into Stanford. But they're down to single digits, aren't they, as oh. far as the percentage of, of applicants who get in? Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, I was actually just telling Paula, you know, my I've been a humble brag here. My father-in-law is a professor at Stanford. And he lives about a half a mile from where that picture was because the only thing, the problem with Stanford is it's so expensive. They have to provide faculty housing or they'd have no faculty. Have you ever seen the real estate out there? I've never been to Stanford's campus. I don't think I have been. It's heaven. I've I mean, been to Palo Alto. I don't think I've ever been to Stanford. And the, the real estate is a huge deal. out. Oh, there. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. In fact, the doctor who worked on my knee originally lived in the Palo Alto area, and he had a nice spread there. I, I, I remember that that's, I, I thought, that he's living pretty well. He's doing a lot of knees. Yes, Paul. Do you guys remember the first college campus you walked on, either for a visit or with family, where you go, oh, my gosh, this is, this is something, or just you couldn't believe what you saw? Or maybe even just the first one you ever walked on. University of Cincinnati, I think. Is that a rural school? I mean, an urban school? Is that no, downtown, downtown Cincinnati. Right? Yeah. It, there, but there was nothing. Miami of Ohio. That's a beautiful school. It is. But every building looks the same. But it's, it looks like what you think a college would look like in a, in a TV show. My sister went there and I walked on campus. And it was brick everywhere. Yeah. Red brick. That's it. Red brick. Um, I think the first time where I was on campus and I went, this is different. It was Georgia. Yeah, I, I was there for a football game, and I went, man, this is different. It, it, you know, I'd been at Ohio State, and I'd been at Notre Dame. I'd been to those campuses, but Atmosphere, Georgia, yeah, it was pretty good. That yeah, was pretty good. Uh, Jim in Iowa joins us. Hi, Jim. What do you have for me today? Hey, first time, long time, 510-198. Greetings from my hospital room today, oh. Dan. How you feeling? Doing all right. Hope we get out today. I have a Fritzy-esque problem, but I should be okay. Okay. What's on your mind? I had to weigh in on the Trevor thing. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I'm thinking uh, train wreck for Trevor. <laughs> Since you're in the hospital, I'm going to say, hey, that's not bad, Jim. That's not bad. Well, you're, thanks for helping me get through the day. You're, again. I you're a little medicated there. <laughs> I wish you well, Jim. I thank you. Thank you for joining us. I, mean, I didn't want to be too tough on him. He's in the hospital. He's got Fritzy stuff. You got the TR things. That's uh, that's not bad. Thank you, Todd. If he's getting a colonoscopy or some kind of gastrointestinal issue, Alrighty. some love. No, 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 no. No, too far. Yeah, because we're going to take a commercial. I'm not going to get graphic. I, no, you always do when you say it's you're Friday not and you're getting to eat steaks. Why Todd. would I do that? See, on a Friday you're going to Friday, eat Friday, Fritzy. Here we go. 
So you want to ruin our stakes on the Traeger because that's why I'm not going to get any further. You're there at home, miserable. Having a tuna sandwich, yeah, yeah, yeah. grilled cheese. I got, I got. Yes, McLovin. We have the poll up. Do you want the results? I don't know. Yeah, sure. I don't care anymore. <laughs> uh, L for Lawrence is winning our Trevor Lawrence tanking uh, saying poll. It's close. Tre- tanking for Trevor is in second place. Yeah. Well, we, we've we've always had tanking for Trevor. We were looking for something different. We were trying to get ahead of the curve here. Yes. He- well, I mean, losing for Lawrence is the one that makes the most sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Although that's not on the poll question, is it? Oh, it's not. No, L is for Lawrence. Ellis for Lawrence. Yeah. How about we take a break? I mean, really, from each other. We should just take a break. (laughs) Even this is still too much time. You you guys are too close. You're not even here. And I'm already getting tired of you. Terrible. Oh, stop. I'm joking. Sort of. All right. We'll take a break. Last call for phone calls. If you're watching on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. To all the mothers in our lives, happy Mother's Day. Thank you for doing what you do. Should have more than just one day for mothers. Happy Mother's Day. It's expensive. (laughs) But there should be there should be two a year, at least two a year. Now, just split it up every six months, just as that reminder of what they mean to you, what they've done for you. All the mothers. All right. uh, I'm looking at my uh, my favorite games, the favorite matchup. So uh, with the schedule here. Browns and Giants is sneaky good, but we have to wait until week 15 with Odell Beckham Jr. the third facing the Giants. That's kind of nice. Buccaneers and Saints week one and also week nine. That's tasty. Chiefs, Ravens, certainly tasty with the MVPs. Um, Colts, Steelers, interesting. Both probably playoff teams. Certainly the Colts would be. Ben Roethlisberger, could this be the last season for him. Bengals-Dolphins was Paulie's pick because that could be Tua against Joe Burrow. Patriots-Bills. Are the Bills going to be for real? Are the Patriots going to be for real? Eagles-Cowboys. The NFC East hasn't had a repeat champ since 2004. How about that? 2004, which means my Cowboys are winning the NFC East. (laughs) I'm going to be right one of these days with uh, the Cowboys. So those are just some of the fun games. You know, obviously, um, Tampa Bay and Kansas City will be fun. Uh, Tampa Bay, Packers, fun. Yeah, Paul. I I was just looking at the schedule. The team that really is kind of off the radar, and I'm curious about the L.A. Rams, 9-7 and last year, a disappointing year after going to the Super Bowl. They lost some players, but players they could, somewhat expendable, Gurley and Matthews. They didn't add a ton. I'm just really curious to see if they regroup or cool off. Well, Seattle's going to be good again. San Francisco is going to be really good again. And does Arizona take that next step? I mean, if you're the Rams and I can pencil you in for nine wins, you might take nine wins right now. Because I, I bet their over-under is probably eight, maybe eight and a half. That, that'll be tough in that division. All right, uh, here's something for you. If you get to do one thing for your wife on Mother's Day, flowers, a present, 
card with a note or make dinner. You got to pick one of those. Todd, you got one. Yeah, my wife says she never wants stuff or bracelets. Don't fall for that. Well, I did, unfortunately, but she has made it very clear on more than one occasion that she'd like me to... uh, make dinner once in a while because uh, it's a big deal just when i put the plates and napkins but, but and you down. you haven't made dinner so when you say once in a while she's saying once i think yeah even if i made some kind of effort and i was boiling pasta or just something that resembled something edible i think she'd appreciate the effort in trying to make dinner versus just going out and buying stuff but just google and it'll give you the ingredients have your son and daughter go out and surprise her and make a meal if you your wife says she deal? wants that why wouldn't you give your wife that who wouldn't want to, uh, you know, make you happy? I'm going to, to land the Donovan's last soccer game. You. <laughs> and and when, when a woman says she doesn't, hey, I don't want anything. They do. They do. Yeah. It's not like you're going to go, they're going to go, you know, take that back. I told you. They're going to go, oh, you shouldn't have. <sighs> All right. Yes, McLovin. First of all, I, I, brag, I make dinner seven nights a week, for real. But my wife wants one thing, three hours alone. And we've been in a two-bedroom apartment for seven weeks, and I don't quite know how to do it. But when you have young kids, and uh, you, you want alone time, right? I think that's the best yeah. present in a way. Yeah. It is true when you have, you know, we have four kids. But there were times when my wife would just say, can you take them for an hour? Just take them for an hour. And it would be total chaos by the time she got back. Like, there'd be diapers on the floor. Like, it'd be just, it would be disaster. But you had to be a good soldier. And you'd be like, all right, yeah, I can do this. You know, this isn't a big deal. And then you realize that it really is a big deal. I mean, there's a reason why we don't have kids. We, we couldn't do it. And we couldn't. See, no counter. So uh, my wife, she, she's good with me doing stuff on the grill, but she's like, nah, don't worry about it. Don't cook. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> my um, wife lies to me about how good I'm cooking. She's very deceptive. Yeah, well, like, and she's really good. You know, she she makes really delicious food. So why do I need to like, hey, let me help out and cook a uh, terrible meal for us one night a week? No, she'll lie no, to me. Right. She'll say, you know, because I don't want to cook. I don't. I want to be great at everything. And then I know I'm not going to be great when I cook. And so she'll go, no, it's really good. No, I'm serious. It's really good. And I go, no, no, no. You're not going to fool me. You're going to, hey, why don't you make dinner again tomorrow night? You did a really good job with, you know, that pesto. Yes, Paulie. Flowers are overrated. Present is kind of important. A card with a note is almost mandatory because if you get the yeah. present without the card, you're not, you haven't completed the act. You haven't completed the process. Mm. My wife said if she could take a nap on Sunday and when she wakes up, there's a glass of wine and dinner be made for her. Mm. And when it's over, she doesn't have to lift a finger. That would be fine. And I'm, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. But yeah. that, that's the move. That sounds good. You know, I think the handwritten note is, is really sneaky good. Because if yep. you're writing, you don't use the card. I, I used to use the card and I just sign my name. And uh, you realize that that's, there's nothing personal about and that. And you being famous would sign best wishes, Dan Patrick. Yes, I would. And sometimes I'd get a headshot in there that you know, I'd give a picture of her. You know, <laughs> yeah, I got you my her. autograph. Yeah, I got you an autograph, hon. <laughs> Stop complaining. All right? I get you a t shirt. All right. Whatever. But yeah, you have that handwritten note. Very, very important, guys. Handwritten oh, note. Ears. Thank you. Yeah, you got me a Tampa Bay T-shirt. <laughs> oh, thanks. his name is Tom. Thank you. It's exactly what I wanted. Extra large is weird. Oh, sorry hey. about that. Ooh, sorry about that. Yeah, handwritten note. Very, very important. That, and if you make a meal, 
you're you're good to go. You're golden. Todd, why don't you why don't you attempt that? Get I'm your son and daughter, film it, and let's see if we who let's go around the room. If we think Todd will do this on Sunday, raise your hand. You think Todd will make a meal? And there are absolutely no hands going up. <laughs> there is no way you'll do it. Wow. You didn't even raise your hand. <laughs> I didn't. You will not do it. I, I'm going to give it a shot. If that's what she wants, then uh, it, I should do it, that. I should make an effort. No, no, no. She said she wants that. Who wouldn't? She's made it very clear way before Mother's Day. Just She's made it day. very clear. Hello? I know. Hello? I don't want to pull it. Why don't you get off your ass and do it, okay? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have no excuse. How about, a, how about a handwritten note in that creepy handwriting that you have? And what was rhymed uh, rhyme poem? I'm good with that. <laughs> Why don't you cut, out, cut out letters in a in a newspaper and put it all together there? Yes, Eden. <laughs> I don't think Todd's going to do anything like that, but I do. I think he's going to come in on Monday very proud of the fact that he helped clean up after dinner. That, that sounds, sounds like a lot more real. He's like, yeah, actually, I put the uh, dishes in the God. dishwasher. Todd, and I unloaded the dishwasher and put the, the plates and things. <laughs> Your back wife in the is cabinet. such a wonderful woman. You should be making her meals. Right. You should you no should excuse. be making meals for her. Yeah, Paul. See, and I could summarize Sunday at the Fritz household in two words. Applebee's takeout. Oh, <laughs> Chinese. Todd, what did I learn today? You learned that David Shaw recalls getting a strong handshake from a young Christian McCaffrey on campus, blown away by his high school footage. Happy Mother's Day. We'll talk to you on Monday. Dan and the Dan at Stan Patrick Show.